Um, this is 2947 Bronson, apartment 2A. <gasps> yes, it is. Uh, did you have trouble finding it? No, it's just that my boss thinks that because I'm the secretary, uh, I should be able to... You're drive. a... secretary? Oh, well, this is truly an honor. Imagine a secretary at my party. Oh, frankly, I thought you people would be a lot taller. <laughs> Come on, we're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways, I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, yeah, and welcome to our anthology Twilight Zone show. Uh, we've been watching the Twilight Zone a lot. We just recently covered um, uh, an 80s episode, 80s segment called Night of the Meek. So it's a Christmas uh, segment. We're going into another one. That's Christmassy. I'm going to put quotes around it. I think they just kind of just slapped on some Christmas stuff for this one. It's going to get weird. Yeah, that's I, I, the, you pretty much nailed it there. We're, we're going to get into it. Um, not sure if this is really a Christmas episode, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it is that kind of that time of year. We're recording this in November of 2022. If you're listening to this in the future. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, this is kind of like the three segments that they did for this episode of the eighties version of the, t- the twilight zone were all three Christmas episodes yeah. or Christmas storylines. Should I say? So, so yeah, we'll see how, how we feel about here, but, uh, the, the episode, sorry, the segment called, but can't she type, but yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, uh, fumbled our, what our show is. We're an anthology show. We watched the twilight zone in order. Uh, we had watched the original series, uh, the 60s series. We've covered the Paramount plus series as well. And now we're into the eighties here. So yeah, this is, um, uh, season one, episode 13, segment B, can she type, um, the, we talked about day and date last, last week. Cause this is again, these, this segment and the next one are all the same air dates, but we did kind of poke around. I had a 1985 JC pennant catalog. We had some fun with that. Um, I know Terry, you're a little younger than me, but do you remember the, the GI Joe USS flag, the big air, the air, um, Oh, I say airship. That's not the right thing. The big, uh, aircraft, carrier. A- aircraft carrier. That's the words I'm looking for. The aircraft carrier. Do you remember this? Have you seen pictures I of it? See- when I was a child, I did not get into GI Joe. Like it just wasn't part of the, like the lexicon of my youth. Um, but going to, which was a local toy store in the Cleveland area, I did see this thing and it is badass. It's like four feet long or something. Like it's, it's it seven and a half amazing. feet long, seven and a half feet oh, long. Geez. Yeah. It could double as a small children's coffin. I'm sure. Uh, this thing is huge. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is. It says a seven and a half foot air for aircraft carrier, uh, features a six room superstructure. I mean, if you hollow it out, you could probably put two kids in there with multi-level open, open railing decks, which can transport the entire GI Joe team. Uh, f- uh, what was it? Towing vehicle takes GI Joe aircraft onto the runway while the fuel trailer readies them for the next mission working, um, lifeboat, uh, lifeboat Davids. What's that? Like, raise and lower, um, the Admiral's launch electronic sound systems with microphone also makes three alarm sounds. One of those has to be your child is stuck under this and the parents need to come find them. That's probably one of the alarm sounds. Um, with, with says, uh, plastic, uh, um, Admiral figures included other vehicles and figures sold separately ages five and up. Um, it, five. It, yeah, Holy five. Crap. Yeah. There, there's a, you know, <laughs> Like it's not a choking hazard, but it is a suffocation and smashing hazard. Um, at this time for 1985, how much do you think it costs in 1985 dollars? Oh, 85 dollars, and it's seven feet long. I'm gonna guess 
250 bucks. Oh man, you could have bought two of them for that price. It's 129. Well, okay. Two, two and part of one. But think about that too. It, it comes with like one figure, but none of the vehicles. So you're going to be like, what if, like, what if it's like, oh, I really want the aircraft carrier and like you get it and you're like, and they're like, but do you have any other GI Joes? You're like, well, like three of them. It's going to be like the loneliest aircraft carrier. So then you're going to have to probably start putting all the rest of your toys on it. You know, and be like, all right, I guess I got my muscle action figures. I got my He-Mans, which are way big, you know, uh, my Star Wars figures, which are appropriate sized, you know, wouldn't it be funny if you did this with this all like, um, like Darth Vader and the empire on this aircraft carrier. I think that'd be great, but yeah, 130 oh, bucks. Yeah. Um, the dream, right? Everybody, it was the dream to have as a kid. Uh, next thing I'll get in here too, uh, real quick is, uh, the, the last one Like I saw, I'm going to send you a screenshot of it cause it's hilarious. Um, where was it here? Um, not a Christmas glaive. I can tell you that. Oh yeah. The devastator The you know, do you know devastator from transformers? I don't know if you're a transformer. Hell yeah. Guy. I know devastator. Okay. That's okay. amazing. I want devastator. I still want devastator. I do to too. Right. So, uh, so <laughs> devastator, um, six, pa- six pack set of constructicons create the, de- uh, deception, co- decepticon fortress, uh, enemy plants and massive energy recovering installations. When the bulldozer, steam shovel, payloader, crane, dump truck, and cement mixer join forces, they become devastator. Equipped with attachable weapons and accessories. Um, how much do you think that costs for all six of those toys? And that's the, like that, that, like that kind of weird, like neon yellow and purple, like the original, like, I think that's pretty cool. I'm going to guess 60 bucks. Uh, let's see here. You are a little high 40 at the time, right? Um, so I looked this up now. If you want to buy the same set, uh, it's a, a reissue. Like, cause I know they've done the re the, the reissues of these recently, like the G one, they'll use the molds and remake them. I have a couple of the G one reissues for some of the transformers. Like I have my star scream. It, it looks identical because they use the original molds. It's a lot. It's, it's just, that's like, that's where my nostalgia is. It's like, it's the same thing I had. Uh, it's 70 bucks right now to pick up devastator. If you want to get, um, you know, a devastator. Well, I, I looked up, uh, the aircraft carrier, on eBay, and this is just the first uh, one that I fall, found that is near complete. Uh, Thirty one hundred dollars. So, <laughs> you know, people say people say crypto is the way of the future, and like Bitcoin. Like, I think aircraft carriers from GI Joe is where your value is. Yeah, I think collectibles, uh, like toys. I have some. I, I'm a collector of toys. Um, I have like a bunch of horror film figures and that. Um, you know, those stupid, ugly pop figures, of course you do. Right. <laughs> Everybody had one given to them as a, a gift. And, uh, then you were like, Oh, thanks. And then just put it aside. Um, I, I, I sold one for 80 bucks one time. Wow. Yeah. It, it, for reference, it was a captain Spalding from house of a thousand corpses. So yeah, that apparently some of them are very sought after. I had no idea. And then one day when I was like, I don't need these things anymore. And I started selling. I sold, I've sold probably about 15 of those things. Nice. <laughs> you always think the bomb's going to drop out of that stuff, right? Cause there was the beanie baby thing, right? Like it's just, it like, it, there's exactly. going to be, and especially with Funkos. Like, I mean, they're fun. I have a handful. Like, I mean, like the ones I tend to have, like I just, they have dead eyes. They have dead doll eyes. I don't like that. So the, some of the ones I have, you can't see their eyes. Like I have, like I have an, a, an alien queen. That's one of the bigger ones. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like that's cool. It has a little larger head, but it's like, yeah, it's kind of a little cartoony. I dig it, you know, but like, yeah, I just, I can't get, cause one, it's like, yeah, great. It's a, it's a reference to a thing we know. And two, it's like, you keep making them. Like I make the joke that I'm sure I'm going to go to like a GameStop and find me one day there as a, <laughs> as a pop. Like, yeah. So, but no, good so, on you. To- I'm sure you're not surprised, but you can actually go onto their website and make figures of like your friends and stuff. Great. That's, so, you know, yeah. that, talk about the gift that no one would really appreciate. Like I made you a phone call pop like of you. So you get to look at yourself as like a large headed person with dead eyes and you can't, <laughs> you can't re gift it to somebody because it's you, you know, like, right. um, yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, the, if you're, a, <laughs> if you have an extremely unpopular podcast, that might be a collectible, you know? right? Like the strange highways, uh, uh, podcast, uh, Funko pops. It's just you and I, um, I don't know what else. <laughs> like it just, it's going to be the bard. Like it's going to be, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, we don't want to get into that. It'd be terrible. So, <laughs> so the next thing I sent to you, it, it's a Voltron, um, like vehicle toy for one of the bad guys. I sent you an image of it 
uh, it's it's figure 16. I sent a snippet of you and I highlighted it. So I just want you to describe what you're seeing. And then there's like, I can read the, the description I sent to you in the, the Skype. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is that it's the evil skull, evil tank. skull tank yeah king zarkon's terrible fighting machine attacks without warning it has an extendable moving neck and opens and closes jaws makes a horrible ratchet noise i'm sure it does uh guns pivot skull scavenger figure sold separately of course it is uh that this sits on top voltron yeah it's a voltron enemy um it's a voltron enemy <laughs> tank um yeah, for twenty five bucks, but like, just 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 try to describe it to people what you're looking at. Um, it's somewhat phallic. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Not I, somewhat. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I I don't know. It's it's like purple ish, and it, it's just it looks like it has like guns on it, and then there is a ribbed <laughs> neck ex- protruding from it with. Kind of a, a skull face type thing on the end. The, the fact that the picture shows it like at a 45 degree angle does not help the skull neck thing no. there. No. no. <laughs> it is ready for action. That's what I would say. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. yeah, I, I've never seen this before. I, and I used to watch Voltron when I was a kid, but we're talking like when I was eight and I'm 39 now. So, yeah, I don't remember this thing. <laughs> no, I don't remember that thing either. Um, I do remember at the time, and uh, like, so the actual Generation One Voltron, the one with the lions, um, mm-hmm. was available for sale here. It was seventy bucks, but that also was like diecast metal and like all the lions kind of like transformed too. So that was the badass one. Um, there was a couple other series of Voltron that um, I think, like, there was the. Um, what was it? There's a second one. Sorry, the one that we remember as the lions was uh, Voltron Three. I don't know why, but hey. I'm going to guess that media released here in America doesn't quite match the release dates of what was going on overseas. Don't throw that out there. I, yeah. I, I like that they give you a lot more information for this, like these toys in the description than any ad will give you now. Like it That's will fair. even tell you that it's imported from Hong Kong. It's it, the ages that it ranges from the, <laughs> yeah, that actually gives you a size, plastic. a size like specification and a weight. Yeah. So yeah, because like I what was it? Uh, it was a, like a year or so ago. Uh, my wife thought she was buying like a garden statue of like like a cat, like a little cat on the witch hat. She thought it was going to be like the size of like, a garden gnome because that's the way it was kind of shot, like relative size. And the thing's like mm. four inches tall. <laughs> It's like, that's not, that's not what she ordered. And she was really mad. And I'm like, I, I don't blame her. And then when she reached out to the seller, they're like, the description was wherever you didn't see it or whatever. It was like, okay, calm down. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll dig into this again. Uh, we'll, we'll pull out three more fun stuffs uh, next, next episode, but I wanted to at least show you the skull tank and then, um, I'll make sure to post that on our Facebook. Um, and I, I'll post, uh, what was it? I know we had, um, some of the other things, we, the, the rocking horses I've not gotten to yet that we talked about last week. I'll put, put that on social media because we're recording this in advance people. I don't know if you know that or not, but you know, we record this, uh, earlier in the week and then release it later in the week. So you've not seen all the goodness yet on the social media. We did have somebody asking for the glaive, uh, today before we yeah, start Daniel, recording. Daniel, yeah. Daniel, uh, yeah. listener of the podcast is. He's asking for it. He's and he he's got it. Wondering what? Yeah, and the glaive it, got delivered today. To the, the, no, the glaive was right. posted on the social media as of today, so we can all remember the reason for the season: the Christmas glaive. So there we yeah. go. Crawl, yeah. crawl is is the Christmas, uh, Christmas uh, Santa crawl. I, I love Santa crawl. That's my uh, my favorite, you know. And like, think about it: you got that castle that moves around. You can't always find it. Santa's always moving around. You can't find him. I don't know, man. I think there's some parallels here we need to explore, you know, like uh, yeah, reindeer, and, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. reindeer, <laughs> fire horses, Liam Neeson. There's a lot of overlap with all of this, you know, just dig deeper people, wake up sheeple. I, shifters, I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all part of the, the, I, the Christmas spirit. I just want like the head elf to be like, I've seen my own death. Like, you know, like that's what I want. Like, anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah. So we'll dig into more of this. I think this is fun. And again, the people let us know what you would have wanted for Christmas in the eighties. Um, that would be fun too. So, all right. Um, that's enough, uh, diversions there. So let's get into, um, season one, episode uh, 13 segment B, but can she type Terry who did what here? Okay. So to lead our, uh, our whole, uh, combined cast off, our director is, 
uh, Shelly uh, Levinson. Uh, she was. She will do one more episode that we'll talk about in the future for the '80s version of the Twilight Zone, and then she did an episode of Tales from the Dark Side. I'm not sure if you had anything yeah. else you wanted to bring Six up. Six total there. credits. And that's it. So either yeah. either they didn't like after they did a little bit and didn't like develop a taste for it, or you know maybe they were just okay. And I don't know. That's it. Like you can't. You, you know maybe maybe you know how sometimes you're like I want to get into this and you did. You're like you know what I'm good now. So maybe yeah you know maybe that's where yeah we're some at with people that. are completely turned off. I mean especially uh, when it comes to. A lot of the TV production crews in that, I've heard a lot of horror stories. I know that you brought up some uh, past stories for producers and like how we've had a lot of like turmoil within the 80s, or I'm sorry, the 60s version of the Twilight Zone. So I can't imagine that ever changing because these are, you know, this was what, CBS that this was yeah, on? Yeah, but I mean, with a lot of the stuff, it's lower budget and, and, and not a lot of time, right? So there might be a certain... Um, efficiency or a certain like momentum that you have to have to do this. And either you're with it or you're not, and I'm not casting aspersions right. on this director of this segment, but maybe, you know, like, you know, they got in cause I was looking at the rest of the credit. There really isn't anything else. So I don't know how they got into this and there really isn't much of like a paper trail to look into. So you can't speak with any authority, but you know, like maybe it was like, you know what? I did it and it worked for me then, but then I wanted to move on to something else. And that's that. So either way, we're going to get one of more of their segments later, like you said, but not much output from what we can see, at least on the IMDb. Yeah. So, and then moving on, uh, two familiar names here that are credited for writing this, uh, this storyline. Um, we have talked about them during the beacon, but uh, it's a uh, Martin Pasco and then Rebecca Parr. So yeah. they both will participate in on writing that. Uh, segment and we will talk about them in the future and in my notes i wrote him as martian pasco so that's about all i gotta say about that i don't know why i did that but that's what happened yeah so uh yeah so (laughs) go visit the the discussion about uh, the beacon and you'll hear a little bit more about their past Mm -hmm. and so into our cast we go so pam dauber 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 yeah all right so uh she plays karen uh billings uh she had uh, more recently acted in the 2021 version of the NCIS series. I uh, like it's like six credits or something like that within that series. But uh, she was also in a, a, a series called my sister, Sam, but most notably she was in Mork and Mindy. Yeah. So um, it's uh, her career is a little interesting um, in the sense that like she moved from, uh, she moved to New York uh, and was becoming um, a fashion model. Uh, before switching to acting, she, she screen tested for a role in a show called Tabitha, which is going to be a, um, a spinoff of Bewitched that was in the 70s. But the role went to somebody else instead. However, ABC executives were impressed enough with her to enroll her in what's called its talent development program, which paid their participants until they could find appropriate roles. Uh, it sounds like a farm system, you know. Like, that's not a bad thing, right? It's just like, they're like, we like your look. We like your talent. We're going to keep you on payroll until we find the right project for you. And then Gary Marshall found her from work in Mindy. So that's what happened there. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned that she'd been recently acting in NCIS because she's married to Mark Harmon, who was like one of the big actors in NCIS. Uh, oh, they've cool. been, yeah, they've been married since 87 so that she doesn't do a lot of acting anymore. Um, they're very private. Cause I mean, you mentioned my sister, Sam, that series ran for like two seasons. It, it was one of those things that was real popular the first season. Then they moved this time slots to Saturday, which I don't know, understand why you expect any sitcom to thrive on a Saturday, even like it doesn't matter. It fell, it fell off. But then the big thing with that show is that her co, uh, her co-star actually a stalker, uh, killed her co-star after that show oh, wrapped it's yeah it's kind of it's 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 a dark story but then um so she became like a big like pandauber became like a big uh gun advocacy like gun like you know again like you know limiting gun ownership like she was like anti-gun which rightfully so if you oh, had wow. your you know your co-star be gunned down by a stalker like right so but yeah that like so but Mork and Mindy was her her big bread and butter um you know like think about like being kind of like the straight person against like the more like Robin Williams like ascending just imagine that for a second right like um you know say what you want about him but like he's a live wire and was like like she had hard times kind of like you know, keeping holding it together. Cause they're filming in front of a live studio audience. They had, she had a hard time not like bursting into laughter around him, you know, 
rightfully so. Like that, that was probably like, that was probably a really fun situation in, but also a maddening situation to be in, right? Like, can we get this done? Oh, you're going to just talk about whatever right now. All right. You're the one wearing suspenders. Nanu, Nanu. Good luck with that. I love Robin Williams. I do too. Uh, it's just, too soon. Yeah, yeah but. absolutely. Um, so yeah, Pandauber, not a, not a lot of output later on, but you know, whatever, like just, you know, very, you know, she has a look, uh, you could tell that she has comedic timing. Say what you want about the segment, and we will. I think she is actively aware of what kind of story she's in. And if if you're gonna like learn, if you're gonna be like dropped in the middle of a situation, Rob Williams, you you better you know your comedic timing and kind of sense of awareness is going to get honed real quick, or you're gonna be like washed out. You know, that's that's how I feel about that. Uh, maybe people could disagree with me, but I think she was more than able to stand toe to toe with him being the character that she was in that show. And then this being a comedy segment, I think she, you know, you know, this, this was kind of this material that was already kind of a, like, you know, below her, but she knew exactly what she was in. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. So next, uh, we'll have Charles Levin be, uh, in our cast here. So he was, uh, he plays Bert, uh, this, he was in, this is spinal tap. Uh, some episodes of Hill Street Blues, and then one episode of It's a Living. So <laughs> I just wanted to bring that one. <laughs> I like that you said that. Implied that it was a spinoff of the Flintstones. It was just all the animals out there working their day jobs, and they just go home at night and talk about what happened. It's just like, yeah, I typed I've all day. I've never heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this series, and I just love like that's like the new the new statement now. Like, like I, I mean. I'm, how often have we talked about uh, cast members? It's like literally this was the project that they worked on and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. He's like, he, well, it's yeah. a living very recognizable dude. Like you see him, you like this is one of those character actors. He was in the golden child as well. Uh, and Alice, uh, the, the, the sitcom, like you just see him and you're like, Oh, you know what? Like he has a recognizable face. And he's one of the, like, and in this case, it's like, we talked last week about William Atherton, like, you know, you did you want did you want a jerk like you want somebody to immediately be like I don't like that guy, perfect right he has that kind of punchable face and he leaned into it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, next here is uh, Jeannie Ellis or Ellis, Ellisa. I think it's Ellis. Um, but she plays Marcy. Uh, she was in. She has done a lot of voice work, lots and lots of voice work. Uh, it seems to be like her main, uh, you know. Uh, source of income is doing voice work, but she uh, did uh, a bunch of episodes of Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, there was an animated series for the Adams Family that she did uh, voice work for, and then there was a cartoon series for Teen Wolf, which I think it I find it so interesting, that especially in the eighties and the early nineties, and that they made so many cartoon adaptations for movies. And like, I didn't know that there was a Teen Wolf one. <laughs> oh yeah. For, no, I remember this. Um, like it was a thing at the time where, um, you know, the other six days of the week were for the grownups, but Saturday morning were for the kids. So like the main three or four, um, you know, TV, like, you know, the, the big networks would actually put out their block. And I, and I think Teen Wolf was probably a CVS thing. Like they also did, um, they did Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I don't know if you remember that one at all. Uh, but like ABC, like, uh, like they had an MC hammer cartoon. They had a kids, yeah. kids on the block cartoon. Like there were like, there was a lot of different things. Like a uh, RoboCop had a syndicated cartoon. So it's like, Oh, didn't RoboCop shoot a guy? Rambo in- had one. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's more problematic than Robo. I mean, RoboCop's still problematic. It's like, yeah, it's like, didn't that guy, sh- like didn't RoboCop shoot a guy in a dick? It's like, yeah, but what if it's a cartoon? And then Rambo's like, yeah, what if we had this guy that suffered from PTSD? It's like, yeah, let's put him in a cartoon. You know, what about, um, it was it, uh, Chuck Norris and his Kung Fu commandos. Yeah. Just make it a cartoon. It's fine. You know, <laughs> like, it's it's yeah. just wild that they were able to somehow kind of like wedge that into a cartoon narrative. Like I just I'm like, oh, well, okay then. <laughs> well, the, like, like they, they would do I that. Mean, it's a toxic event. It's, toxic Avenger, it's a toxic yeah. Avenger, too. yeah. But like, there would even what? be like weird stuff where it's like they would try to make cartoons out of like uh, toy lines. Like in terms of like there was Laser Tag, the cartoon, uh, like oh uh, Rubik's Bakugan. Cube. <laughs> what would you say? 
I think I think they had one for Bakugan, I think, too. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure they did. But Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, you, you, well, card, Yu-Gi-Oh, of course. The card game uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, but like they had like, uh, was Rubik's Cube had one called Rubik. It's like, it's so stupid. Uh, yeah. Didn't there, Hubert? I think Hubert. Hubert had, had one as well. well. Yeah, there was a lot of like, yeah, it's like. Uh, just throw a dart if, if it was something that was mildly successful, like Pac-Man had a cartoon, uh, Captain yep. N, uh, you know, Zelda. Yes. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, you want to talk about a rabbit hole, like <laughs> it's a lot, right? It's a living. That's right? our new, po- yeah. new, new podcast. Uh, where we'll be discussing weird video game slash movie slash TV show adaptations that turn into cartoons. Dude, I'm telling you, so, if, if we did a separate podcast that was all about like 80s cartoons, the world would be nuts. Like, yeah, people would be excited. We, we would have four yeah. listeners, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate our listeners, but it's something about this. Like, hey, man, I remember this. It's like, do you know? Do you remember this? Like, do you remember, you know? I don't know. It's just, I, I remember growing up and like the whole thing to be like, well, I got to watch this and I'd flip over and be like, I got to check this out now. I got to check this out now. Then it'd get to like 10 or 11. Then it'd be like, Oh, that's, that's more of like grown up cartoons. I don't know. Like there was like Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, I'm not interested in that at the time. I'm sure I'd like it like later. I uh, like pirates of dark water. I'm like, that's super serious. I don't need to deal with that right now. I want to get back to the fun stuff. You know, so yeah, I need, I need RoboCop shooting guys in the dick. That's what I need. Uh, that's, that's where I'm, uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, some good, wholesome family fun for the children. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, De- so, uh, Detroit, the crime laden children landscape that we all, <laughs> we all want. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so next year, moving on, it's a uh, Deborah Harmon. Uh, she plays the hostess. I recognize this woman. Uh, immediately because mm-hmm. she was in bachelor. Party. Yeah, she was, she was one of the, um, she wasn't, I, I don't, I forget she how was she was the angry sister. That's right. She, 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 yeah. The spot. I love that. And then party. locks. Yeah. Yeah. And she locks herself in the room with all the, like the, the Asian men. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. It's, <laughs> she, she throws, she, she does the whole thing of like, I'll protect you all. And she closes the door on her friends and she's like, take me or whatever it is to all of them. Yeah. But I also remember her and the, the sequence when they go to like the, the male strip club. Like mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm sure bachelor party has gotten more and more problematic as time has went on, but I love bachelor party. <laughs> I love that movie. I, I love that movie so much. It's so stupid, I, I but love, it's so much fun. I, yeah. For all of its flaws, uh, and I understand the flaws, I still love that movie. And there is plenty of like weird sex comedy stuff from the 80s that I just kind of, I don't want to say I hand wave it, but I'm like, it's a time and place that you kind of have to understand. Again, I'm 39 years old. When I saw these movies, I was of an age where I'm like, I don't get it. But it's funny, you know. So like Revenge of the Nerds or Porky's. I mean, know? some of that it feels like that's like that. Those, those I think have aged worse because of like some of the implications. Yeah. But like, but like but the whole bit of like we're gonna bring an actual what was it donkey in and just feed it drugs and have it die <laughs> in an elevator. Like that's a great sight gag. Um, the one dude who's suicidal and tries to drown himself whenever there's nothing, there's no water in the tub. <laughs> or he yeah. has the electric razor. Yes, he, he tries to slash his wrists. Yeah, yeah. like and, and Tom Hanks is he's game. I it's just. I know he probably, I'm sure if you went to him now and be like, sir, I love bachelor party. He'd probably be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Or, or no, the dude. opposite would be like, thank you. I really enjoyed making that movie. You know, you know, the guy who played Mr. Rogers later, you know, um, I love, I, I, I love bachelor party. I, yeah. I love Tom Hanks, but I honestly think if you were to talk to him about movies like that or like him being on Boos and buddies and that, He'd be like, "Come on over here for a second, and let's have a drink." Like, I'm yeah. gonna. <laughs> He'll like, be like, "Can we talk? Can we, can we talk about the money pit for a minute?" I'm sure he'd be all like, "And I know, like, the Burbs, which again, I need to finish that Hell movie. Yeah. I started watching. I started watching a couple years ago. Didn't get the chance to finish it. That's one of my great shames. But yeah, like that. I know, I know, Terry. We can't be friends anymore. I'm sorry, um, dude. It's so, it's yeah. so good. It's, it's so good. I love the Burbs. Like, I, again, like, I know he's an award winning actor, and he's terrific in so many like serious roles. You know, Castaway, Philadelphia, like he, I mean, the Green Mile. Like Saving Private Ryan. Actor. Yeah, like just yeah, my God. Like, yeah. Incredible actor. He can run the gamut, but his 80s stuff is unmatched. Like, he ruled the 80s. Yeah. And what also, like, you know, 
he's not afraid to like have fun. Like, I mean, as much as you could say, maybe there's diminishing returns on the David S pumpkins thing. Cause he just recently, they brought that back on SNL. <laughs> um, th- like the fact that he leaned in the first time, it was like, it's like, this shouldn't be as good as it is, but it's super funny. Like, I love it. You know, like, it's just like, and, and like, he is always game to like, whenever he was on Conan O'Brien, like he would just like, he was always ready to, to, he, he could have fun. Right. I know this isn't about Tom Hanks, but like, uh, yeah, as much as he is like this, this like very much acclaimed dramatic actor, he's really quick to also make a joke. And that's why I love, like, that's why I don't think black bachelor party is like a black sheep of his filmography. It's just, you know, he went on to do bigger and better things. He didn't get stuck in that, that lane, but I'm glad that he was in that lane for a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. And then the other, uh, notable thing that I want to bring up for, uh, uh, Deborah Harmon's career is she was in, in a very small part of Back to the Future. Oh, she was so. in Used Cars. You talked about how you love that movie. So um, was it her that was in Used Cars? It, I, well, I mean, it's in my notes, so it's a fifty-fifty chance that's correct. So anyway, <laughs> well, um, uh, that's that's great. I love Used Cars. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I I totally missed it. I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> I love Kurt. I love Kurt Russell too. So yeah. So but, uh, yeah. So next here we have uh, Michael Prince. He plays Edward uh, Reingeist. He was in Death Wish too, <laughs> and uh, did he did some voice work himself? He uh, he did a voice in All Real Monsters for a few episodes. Yeah, and he was in the Mork and Mindy pilot. So I think that's a nice callback to what we're dealing yeah. with here. So so and then next is uh, Amy's. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's A M I Z E. So yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Amy's uh, Strickland. Uh, she was the cleaning woman. She was in the, one of the old sixties episodes of the twilight zone. The monsters are due on Maple street. And that's the only credit that I was going to bring up. I don't know if you had anything. Else that's all her. I got. I, in terms of her being a cleaning lady, I don't even know where she's in this episode. So I do apologize for that, but yeah, I'm glad that we, yeah, I, a, yeah, I don't remember a cleaning lady. So, but that's that's pretty sweet that they're able to bring somebody in from the original series. But yeah, uh, yeah. and then Jolina Collins, did I mess my notes? Jolina, up here? yeah, I think so. Jolina, uh, so she plays the model. Uh, this is the the woman that interacts with uh, with Karen at the bar. But uh, she was in a bunch of episodes of Days of Our Lives. Uh, next is Douglas Blair. He plays the limo driver. He was in an episode of Night Court. Uh, Ken. Sargos, 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 yeah, Sargos. Uh, he plays Workman. Uh, I think most people, if you're at all uh, into horror films, might recognize him as Kincaid from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, The Dream Warriors, and then he was in, also in Part Four for a little bit until he gets taken out. Yeah. So I, I just want to admit that one. Yeah, it was great to see Kincaid. I'm like, oh shit, that's Kincaid after I went back and did my notes. Right. So I'm like, he's going to bust through a wall and he's going to throw that copy machine through a wall. That'd be amazing. Um, uh, Jolina Collins, she was in Freddy's nightmares, uh, which I think you mentioned. And also she was in uh, two movies. That, their, their names are just ridiculous. I want to mention heated vengeance. Uh, and then that sounds like a night after Taco Bell. It's heated vengeance after that. And then, um, <laughs> and then the other film is Mr. Hercules against karate. I don't know if he's fighting it or if he's just taking a hard, like political stance. Uh, so I don't know if Mr. Hercules is like, you know what? There's no karate in my town. I don't know about that. So, uh, and then there was one other person that we can, like we missed completely through our cast here. Jonathan Frakes as Steve. Um, you know, uh, it's William Riker from next generation. He's the guy at the bar. That's oh, it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah we I skipped right over him. Damn right. Yeah. Well, whatever. we got that. excited to talk about bachelor party. I get it. So I love Jonathan Frakes. Um, this, this episode would be two years before he was on star Trek next generation playing William Riker. Um, here's things I found out about Frakes. Um, for a time in the seventies, he worked for Marvel comics, appearing at conventions in costume as captain America. I think that's a lot of fun. He was an NC, NCB, sorry, NBC soap opera called the doctors for a little bit, uh, before this, uh, before this gig and twilight zone. And then, um, he would, um, <laughs> so in 1994, he appeared on a fish album called, uh, what was it? Uh, called hoist, uh, playing trombone on the track titled Riker's mailbox. Cause he actually could play trombone. It shows up a lot in uh, next generation. Um, 
fun thing with him too is that he was in a lot of the um, during the like the early days of the series. He would always be in the room with the creative people, listening to like all the writers and all the production staff, and that's where he actually ended up getting like a um, and like he wanted to direct. So he ended up directing a number of episodes of Next Generation, I think, would go on to direct other episodes of other Star Trek properties. Um, even up through, um, what was it? Uh, he ended up directing an episode of Strange New Worlds recently. Uh, and he it's like he leaned into the Riker thing. Like, I love Jonathan Frakes. But also, too, do you remember a series called, um, I have it here, where'd it go? Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's actually where I know him best from. I wasn't really into Star Trek when I was a kid, um, but like we would watch Beyond Belief um, every night that it. Well, I think it was on on Saturday nights, so we would rush home to make sure we watched it as a family. Yeah. Do you like how he was always like kind of like smarmy about like, eh? Did you think it was real? It's not. Like, he, like there's there's supercuts of his uh, his statements like taken out of context, and like it's almost like, what is going on with this man? Is he okay? It's a lot. I love Jonathan Frakes and like, um, yeah, he went on to direct other things too. It's just like, I think he's like, he has actually built quite a career out of Star Trek, rightfully so. And like, I just, you couldn't, you couldn't, I can't, couldn't be happier for a guy that's found a lot of success and, you know, was trying to do other things as well, but is not like forgotten, like his main, why people remember him, you know, like he's not pulling like the Shatner and being upset. Like he's always going to be a little Riker and people love him for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry I glazed over him. And obviously, how dare you? He's, he's handsome, you know, and he plays the well, trombone. And you know, I'm kidding. Well, it's like it, it, it's uh, he said such a small part of this episode, but it's like I did recognize him. But upon again, upon doing notes, it's like I for some reason just jumped right over him. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm glad that you were able to bring him into this yeah. conversation. So. With that being said, um, so uh, we'll get into uh, the segment here of But Can She Type. But Terry, I have I have a Christmas gift to bring to you. Are you ready for this Christmas gift? I, I am. Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. We're pulling the ripcord on this. This is one of the worst like segments I've ever seen of anything ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's... it's <laughs> I mentally tonight before we start recording, I'm like, if we go 45 minutes, we went too long, but we talked about toys. We talked about cast. This is, I feel bad because Pam Dauber is better. Like, I feel like she was owed a better segment than this. Um, mm-hmm. She plays the secretary that her boss keeps shitting on her, even though she's like, for all intents and purposes, here's the quick and dirty for everybody. And Terry, if you want to get into specifics, let me know. She's really good at her job. Her boss wouldn't be as good as he is without her being competent and excelling. But then he's an asshole and won't let her like leave for the night and wants all these copies. So she goes to the world's largest copying machine. Um, that yeah, I think this yeah. was the first three D printer. Um, <laughs> sure, it's, it's enormous. Yeah, like, it was a one. It was a one D printer. Let's be it, honest. This it, thing was not very good at all. This thing was. It looked massive. like a sarcophagus. <laughs> like it's gigantic. It was. It was almost the same size as a GI Joe aircraft carrier. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, uh, no, but like, I just the, the buttons on it are stupid. Like, and none of it. The interface makes no sense. It's like it almost. Have, have you seen Idiocracy, the film? Like, I don't know. Oh, if yeah. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. It I almost feels it. like whenever the main character goes to the hospital, like, was it St. God's Hospital? <laughs> yeah, and and he's trying to describe what's going on. The guy's just looking at, like, the visual menu. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it looks like, right? It's not that far off from that. But anyway, um, <laughs> am I wrong? about? I don't think I'm wrong about <laughs> Dude, that. Dude, you yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Like, you totally nailed uh, it. She goes to make copies, and then she ends up, like, she's supposed to make, like, this bunch of collated copies or whatever. But then something happens where she was missing one, so she goes back to make one. And somehow, it, it like, she leaves the top of the copier open, and there's a flash of light. She ends up in this alternate universe where somehow secretaries are, like, the highest of the high celebrities. And it's a little fun little bit of like her trying to figure out like what's going on, you know, Riker's hitting on her, uh, everybody in this, this swanky party's like, you're a secretary and they're hanging on her every word. Um, she goes back that night realizing that she'd forgot her keys at the office, but then something happens where the copying machine, you know, fires off again. Sends She's her back, back to her own reality, her reality, right? None of it makes a goddamn lick of sense, but then 
she realizes like, oh shit, that was a really good time. And everybody's like shitting on me. And this guy that I was supposed to meet here at this party didn't like, you know, there was like, clearly he went to a party that I didn't go to and he's kind of being a jerk about it. And then in the morning, you know, the boss is all over her. She's like, I quit. Cause there's also this thing to one, her being appreciated and like being like held up in high esteem. And then also she got a job offer with a business card that night in this parallel universe that when she tried to call it in the regular universe, the number was disconnected. So she's like, Oh shit, it's the copy machine that's tied to all this. So she went in to try to make another copy. Kincaid's like, hell no, I'm going to throw it through the wall. But they, she, she lets, you know, he lets her make another copy. And then she disappears back into this reality where secretaries are the most important thing ever. And like they're the highest paying job, which um, that, that's your story. Everybody look at it. It's like 14 minutes, 14 minutes. You'll never get back. Um, there's bits and pieces of this that I thought that were like humorous and I don't mind the playful tone of it. Um, just the logic again, I'm putting logic lowercase L makes no, like they didn't even attempt to explain anything. And that, that's like, then if you're going to, if you have this like short amount of time, at least explain the conceit as opposed to be like, it's a copy machine that sends you to other worlds. All right. You didn't set that up. You know, like, yeah, this is like the into the spider verse of, of her like dealing with an alternate dimension where he, nobody shits on the, the secretary because, you know, like for some reason they are the, uh, the a, the, the, the a plus celebrity, like even in the the, uh, the opening uh, uh, audio that you play, that's that's uh, Karen at the party. So then, as soon as everybody finds out that she is a secretary, they're like, "Oh my god!" And, and everybody it was like does, this, yeah, it's a sight gag. Everybody's stopping. Like it yeah. just reminded me of um, you ever seen Teen Witch, where it's like <laughs> overacted. It's ridiculous. And everybody turns to her and just looks at her like, you're I, a secretary. Like, I, it's, I, it's I like within overplayed. like 90 seconds, you reference into the spider verse and teen, Witch at the same time, I just want to, <laughs> I don't know I, well, I, if, if anybody watches this episode, tell me I'm wrong. Like, like well, I mean, if you're talking about the multiversal thing with end of the spider verse, I'll agree with you. But if you're going to compare it, like I will fight you about quality of storytelling between those two, those two stories there, there well, wasn't quality yeah, level. Yeah. Just there, it, it's like, there wasn't like, Oh, which was Spider-Man are you? I'm secretary Spider-Man. Oh shit. That's secretary Spider-Man. <laughs> like if the conceit is, is that the, per, the people that make the world go around need more recognition and actually like, they probably are the rock stars of day to day. I agree with that. I think that's a fun little conceit. I just think this whole thing goes about it in the worst way possible. You know, like yeah, that's and, all like the, the sequel. I mean, you said it's about what? 14 minutes of a mm-hmm. runtime. This, the, the segment where she's in the party is drawn out too much. Like they probably could have snipped off a few minutes here and really gotten to the, to the point anyways. So I don't know. Yeah. And just also, I, I like the, like, Pandauber, like, give her credit. She, like, you could tell that she was leaning into the material and have a little bit of fun. Uh, and then also William, like William Frakes. I like, uh, like uh, Jonathan Frakes. I keep saying William Frakes. I don't know. Cause it's like, I think his name's Will Riker. So I'm like, well, like Jonathan Riker. Uh, no, um, how he's like, like, Oh, could you type with those fingers? And then like, she's like, yeah, I'm a secretary. He's like, Oh, like basically being like, I was going to hit on you. And like, I, like I was going to compliment you thinking you're a secretary, but then you reveal you are, and I'm going to spill a drink on myself. It's kind of funny, a little funny, right? And, well, I, like, and I like how somebody says in the background, like, oh, do you have enough to drink tonight, Steve? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, that was okay. And there was there was a couple bits, pieces here, like her coworker, uh, what was it? Um, she's like, oh yeah. Like, cause like, like Karen was like, oh, I like my job. I want to stick here. And Karen's like, good. Cause they're also talking about killing their boss as a joke. She's like, good. The insanity defense that works. And then also later on, whenever, um, Karen realizes that she needs to make a copy to get to this other universe again. And she tells her friend, she's like, if this is the last time I see you, I want you to know I'm making a copy. And then there's that beat of her friend being like completely like bewildered. And then she was like, and I'm sure it's going to be a good one too. Like there's little pieces in here that are like, like credit to the actors. They make it work. Like, especially earlier in the segment too, whenever, um, uh, the boss is leaving for the night and asking where the car's parked. And, uh, and Karen's like, it's in lot C as in Cretan as the elevator doors close. 
there's little there's little pepperings of things in here, but this is one of the most useless segments I think I've ever seen in terms of like the course of the Twilight Zone in general. It just it doesn't it there's no value added. There there's things I appreciate, but my God, this is a waste of time. I, I think this is again like kind of leading into a narrative of like technology. What could it possibly do? Like, what was the episode from the 60s of, what was it, season five, where the, the computer oh, is, like, making... A, Agnes, what was it, from Agnes with Love. With Yes. Yeah. So, like, I was kind of getting hints of that while watching this. Well, thank goodness and it didn't like, go to another, like, eight, ten minutes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's not that's not far off. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, like, there there had to have been some knowledge of that original episode, especially it's like we're, we're talking about this as an office setting and she is not quite happy with her stance in life in that. So it's like, uh, you kind of spin it on its head a little bit and you get to this. I, so I don't know if it was all too creative. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied by, um, the outcome. Like it just, it, I don't know. It wasn't a good episode. No, um, I, 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 I definitely would not watch this one again, but I don't think it's the worst episode that we've seen from the eighties, the eighties version of the twilight zone. That's fair. This isn't if she dies and this isn't, um, you know, her pilgrim soul. Right. You know, so thankfully, because also this is shorter than those two. So this automatically gets better credit than those two. And like, at least here it's like, like I, so the, the, I was thinking about this coming into this conversation is that considering that since we're drilling down on segments of an episode that was airing, like over the course of one hour of television, we have mm-hmm. night of the meek that you and I both liked a great deal. And then you kind of have this one. It's a change of pace. Uh, the Christmas stuff it's set in Christmas time, but the story isn't Christmas related, which I'm okay with, but it feels like it's crowbarred in whatever. I get it. I guess credit to the producers that they're like, Oh, we have night of the meek. Can we actually align all three? Fair enough. Like, I'm not going to dismiss that. Like, I think that's okay. But it's like, if I was sitting down on like, you know, like a Friday night or wherever this was airing or a Thursday night. And it's like, Oh, you know what? This was a good segment. And this one, it's like, you know what? This is the time I go up to take a leak and grab a beer. And then let's see what's happening next. Like, I, you know, I wouldn't have been as dismissive of like, I wouldn't have been like, Oh man, that one's not great. But when you watch it in isolation, it gets really frustrating that I think that's kind of, I know we're like, you know, 30 plus years on, but you know, you know, we need to judge these on their own, but I do understand the packaging of it being one of three, you know, does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And, you know, like, um, I think your, your, uh, your understanding of it and like us just kind of seeing it for its independent, uh, storyline and like not, not having it air the way it was supposed to be aired. Like, I, I don't like, we are only looking at it from the point of view, like, well, this is what we have this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, I don't know. I'm kind of getting twisted in my words here, but yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a, a failure to the rest of the uh, cast in this too. Like it would have been interesting to see some of these actors do a little bit more in this. Like, I mean like the comedic timing of um, Deborah Harmon, um, you know, Jonathan Frakes, like I think they've kind of got you, uh, like misplaced in this. It was, it was kind of, it was a disappointment. Like what if, like what if she would have back to the office, like, or like the next day without using the copying machine and she goes and runs into her boss. Who's now like a groveling mess. Right. Mm. To realize like, Oh, I have the power here. Right. And then when, and then, and then he's like, but I need these. And she goes to make a copy or whatever. And that causes like the things to flip. And then she realizes what the power dynamic is and what this is actually doing, you know, or like she runs into, you know, um, Jonathan Frakes character, um, and like, he's like, you know, Oh, like dismissive after the flip. Right. Like, I'm not saying that I needed like, you know, I, I didn't need a 30 minute episode of this, but I'm saying if you wanted to blow this out and actually kind of set the world up better, you could have done it better. So yeah, I, 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 I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I wanted to see her use the Konami code on this printer <laughs> and to like oh, open up yeah. a different reality again. Like I just wanted to see something different. If she somehow unlocked the power of this thing. Then I wanted to see another dimension where she was a like maybe she was the one bossing her boss around. Now. Yeah, because I thought for, like it's a copy machine. So what if the copies flipped? 
You know, mm-hmm. like what if there was a whole thing of like, you know, like you, you touched like, you know, the, the cursed skull and suddenly, you know, your reality shifted or I don't know, like you could have had some of that where she realizes that like, Oh, I have the better life here. And then her other self have been like, get me out of here. It's like, nah, I'm going to send, I'm going to have Kincaid rip this copy machine out of here. You can't ever come back again. You know, <laughs> like, like, I think there's some, I think there's possibilities here, but that's not what we got. And yeah. We could have made this extremely dark, but we went for the lighthearted yeah. a- a ending, which I mean, it, it it's okay. in it's all right. And perhaps uh, our listeners are, are t- we're totally invested in this one. I'd love to hear it, you, listener, you, you independent listener, our only listener. Um, <laughs> like, tell us how you feel about this one because I we left this one kind of flat. So I don't know. Did you enjoy this one? Because I'm, I really want to hear somebody else's input on this yeah. one. Also, like, what if she goes back to the machine and she goes to a reality that's not the one she was going to, you know, like, what if this is like a sliders type of thing where she ends up going to the wrong reality where it's like suddenly secretaries are like, you know, like rounded up and like, you know, shot on sight or whatever, like something horrible. It's like, oh, you're a secretary. Get out of my reality. You know, like, how dare you? How dare you keep an appointment book? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Twilight Zone can get super, super dark. I, I, I feel like this one could have gone that way, and maybe like still had a wholesome ending at the uh, at the end. I mean, again, the fourteen minute uh, runtime, they could have done a lot. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think we've been learning that, like, you know, runtime isn't isn't indicative of story quality. However, it's another, it's another um, thing to consider, right? So you got to cut the fat, figure out what, like, where you're like, like, I know you and I are divided on eye of Newton, right. Of um, the one we talked about with uh, Sherman Helmsley. Right. Um, I thought that one was a lot of fun, but at least it got to the, it got to what was going really quickly. It told a complete story. It it was a complete story and it it, it was fun in its own right, but it wasn't something that I was all into, too interested in. Yeah. But I mean, it got to A to B to C in like, what was it like 10 minutes? Like I, you know, so I can respect that. So yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other notes about can she type? I have a lot cause I was, I wasn't sure where you're going to go with it, but I had a feeling that you and I were both going to check out on this one cause it was some, uh, bland business. Uh, well, you were correct, sir. Uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have any more notes. Yeah. Uh, what did, what else did you have there? No, nothing. I was more excited to talk about Christmas toys from 85 than I was about this segment. So, um, I mean, we can yeah. keep on talking toys. So. We can, right? So welcome. Everybody should check out our new podcast about toys and 80s cartoons called, Hey man, Podcast. wasn't it better then? And then it's just, it's just going to be a bunch of, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> everything was better before and nobody remembers how it was that that should be the name of the podcast it was better before but nobody remembers how it was all right so member berries member berries <laughs> member berries the podcast no so yeah. uh, as we do we're just going to rate that twist and then we'll, we'll get out of here so let's rate that twist twist rating one through five meaning one we saw it coming from a mile away five meaning mind-blowing um that I, I guess for me, it's like, because I hadn't seen, the, I was watching this blind, I guess the twist that this was an alternate reality, I didn't see that coming. I'll give it a three, but that's not a good three. It's just, I didn't know where it was going, which is a failure of the storytelling. Uh, pretty much. I'm going to rate it a two and it's primarily because she was happy in that reality. So she was going to try to get back to that reality, Fair enough. whatever that cost was. So that's kind of where I was at, and especially since she didn't have anything to lose. That's fair. Yeah. There was no, there was nothing hold, like, like what was it? Um, yeah. She um, wasn't leaving her children and her yeah. husband. What was, that what was reality. that segment we called, we, we covered earlier with, um, Oh, where the woman was being stalked by, uh, um, the child that we covered earlier in the season where like it was the child that could have been, um, right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm you know what I'm talking about, her, yeah. but right it's kind of that where she was leaving the decision of leaving that life, to pursue her own. So at least there was, I didn't like that segment either, but at least there were stakes involved. There was no stakes here where it's like, Oh shit. Uh, my family's telling me to go be a dental like assistant. And my friends are telling me to like do all this. And I could go to this other reality and be treated like, you know, uh, go to Paris and get like a full wardrobe and get paid a lot of money to be a secretary. 
Like who wouldn't want to go do that? Right. Like that would be like you and I like uh, pressing it. Like we go to Kinko's like in the middle of the night for whatever reason and press a button. And we ended up in a world where niche podcasters are suddenly like royalty. We would be there in a heartbeat, you know, like, um, I mean, we would hold our wives' hands and press buttons and hope that we all go. Right. But other than that, we would go, we would go there right now. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, there's there's merit to these kinds of storylines but this one fell flat right so all right um and it wasn't like she went to a reality where suddenly she's like oh i'm a secretary here and i created hitler's you know (laughs) it wasn't like a a sound of thunder or a distant sound of thunder where it's like oh oh secretaries are held in high regard you know under the, the the fourth reich dun 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 anyway so all right that's gonna do it for our discussion about but can she type uh, you guys can find us on social media at uh, Facebook. We have uh, Strange Highways there. I'm posting images. The Christmas Glaive is now up. I know this is being like posted later, but go find that. I will post uh, some of the uh, other interesting images from um, the Christmas catalog we've been talking about. Um, and then some other images from the episode. So go check us out there. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Um, and also email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast.gmail.com. And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? We're on Instagram, folks. We're still... Uh, posting stuff on there, having fun. Uh, it's been a kind of a, a weird uh, journey through, uh, in, you know, all the uh, different social medias to try to reach out to people. But if you can give us a like, a follow within whatever social media that you're you're on, uh, it's going to be something that helps us uh, helps us out. It's a tool that maybe can get more people to listen to our podcast, and we would love if you shared that information with somebody else. Get people involved, man. I I mean, I think we're having a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's going to be the Christmas season here, season here soon. Uh, a lot of people are going to be held up in their homes. Uh, watch, by watch by, by snow, by snow, but not but not like by strangers with guns. That would well, be way worse. Snowmageddon is coming. Snow. I don't. <laughs> I swear. Did yeah. you see how many inches of snow Buffalo is going to get? Well, we're not in Buffalo, so I mean, well, for people that are listening to Buffalo, tuck in and listen to the show. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so get ready for the winter, um, and uh, you know, listen, get warmed up by a fire or something like that, and listen to some podcasts. Like, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I mean, I know there's some social media that's failing right now. Um, you know, uh, you know, maybe share us on Twitter, and then to see what happens because it gets weird now, right? <laughs> Like <laughs> that's a mess. You know it. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> no, but again, where, like, if you enjoy the show, uh, just, you know, I know we, we've been, we're negative about the segment, but that's, you know, again, I always say this all the time, um, that I, regardless of how I feel about the segment we talked about and the episode that we talked about, whatever it is, movie segment, whatever episode, I will always appreciate the journey. And I, I hope that you as a listener appreciate the journey as well. Good, bad, otherwise, like, like we're like, uh, you know, as much as there are a lot of, um, episode by episode watch podcasts out there now, and this show has been running for like five years plus, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta take, you gotta take it on the chin sometimes. Right. But that also means that there's, there's going to be some gold in them hills. I mean, fingers crossed, right? Like we just talked about a good segment. We just talked about a bad, like last week with, um, night of the meek good segment. This one wasn't so good. Um, you know, like. I, you know, I, it's e- it's easy to cherry pick and have favorable, like all rose colored memories of a show, but thank you for joining us and, 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 and coming along with us with the journey. So I do appreciate that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Just remember we're two dudes just kind of doing our thing here, watching this. Um, and if we hear another voice, uh, get another email or whatever to kind of get involved, that's awesome for us. Absolutely. We're, yeah we're not doing this just to throw it out into the ether and not hope for anything back. We want to hear voices. We want to share those, uh, opinions. So if we get an email that, you know, if it is about the toys and that you wanted from 1985, please, if you're saying that we're complete scum for uh, thinking that this, this episode was not good, tell us, tell us what's up. Yeah, like, like we, we, we yeah, we cherish the conversation. The the Pam Dauber fan club is going to like come and come at us and be like, "How dare you?" Um, you know, <laughs> the, the Jonathan Frakes fan club is going to be like, "Sir, you have no idea what you're talking about." But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's just uh, let's get into what we're covering next. And now 
Mr. Surly. All right. Next, we're getting into the the last segment of this episode. So it's season one, episode 13, segment C, the star. Um, it, I think it's Christmas related too. I don't know. Um, I have a feeling because there's going to be a star and maybe a Christmas star, or it might be, I, I have no idea. Like considering the swerve we got with this one, I have no idea what's coming next. I did look at the cast list here and I know you're going to be happy about this. It's considerably less than the last two segments. So yeah, and there, <laughs> there is somebody that we will get into um, their filmography. Uh, uh, it's going to be horror related. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one, yes. just at least for that part of the conversation. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for this this week. That's going to do it for our discussion about But Can She Type. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, I guess in the meantime, I mean, always appreciate people like, you know, uh, the people that do these tasks to, to, to set up things. I don't know. Like secretaries are great. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to besmirch any of them. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't think I don't think a good pickup line is. Oh, look at those fingers. Can can they type a lot or whatever it was? That, that's not a good pickup line. Uh, be careful what buttons you push on that copy machine. Have you ever walked out of a mall into a huge parking area and realized you'd forgotten where you parked your car? Ever gone mountain biking? What do you want to be when you grow up? What's the right tip? Have you called a plumber to your home lately? How superstitious are you? How much money would it take to make you spend a night in a cemetery? Would you display this as a trophy? Do you have a pet? Do you have a sweet tooth? Do you believe in the power of a curse? Have you had your hearing tested lately? Planning a trip soon? Can you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? Do you love to go a-wandering beneath a clear blue sky? Have you noticed what big stars real estate agents have become? Are you careful with your personal records? Does your computer ever seem to have a mind of its own? Have you ever visited a Chinatown section in a major city? Have you ever visited a flea market? Have you ever visited a truck stop? Did you ever have a job as a waiter? Have you noticed how many successful restaurants are theme-based these days? Have you ever had the desire to write your initials in wet cement?